there was an elderly man who enjoyed gardening. He loved to garden every summer and plant his plants, but more so he enjoyed planting his vegetables. Well, one year he was saddened because his son, who normally helped to plant, was incarcerated and was no longer there to help him dig up his garden and to help him. And so on one occasion, he had a phone call from his son and he was talking to him and he couldn't help but mention how much he missed his son and him helping him dig up his garden to plant his vegetables. Well, his son said, Dad, don't dig up the garden. Don't plant anything. He said, it's in the garden where I buried all the dead bodies. Don't plant. Well, of course, being in prison, the call was being monitored. So about 4 a.m. the next morning, police and FBI agents came to the old man's house, dug up his garden looking for these dead bodies. They didn't find anything, and so they apologized to the elderly man and told him how sorry he was. And then the man later that day received another call from his son. His son said, Dad... I did my best under the circumstances that I was in to help you. <laughs> Starting today and, and the next weeks to follow, we'll be doing, focusing on a little mini-series that I call Get Up. A little series that I have entitled, Get Up, and today's message is entitled, Get Up and Receive Your Healing. And if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9, starting from verse 32. And if you are able to, would you please stand as I read God's word. Acts chapter 9, starting from verse 32. As Peter traveled about the country, he went to visit the Lord's people who lived in Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas, who was paralyzed and had been bedridden for eight years. Aeneas, Peter said to him, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and roll up your mat. Immediately Aeneas got up. All those who lived in Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. In Joppa there was a disciple named Tabitha. In Greek her name is Dorcas. She is always doing good and helping the poor. About that time she became sick and died. And her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Lydda was near Joppa, so when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydda, they sent two men to him and urged him, please come at once. Peter went with them, and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the widows stood around him, crying and showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. Peter sent them all out of the room, then he got down on his knees and prayed. Turning toward the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. He took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. Then he called for the believers, especially the widows, and presented her to them alive. 
This became known all over Joppa, and when people and many people believed in the Lord, Peter stayed in Joppa for some time with a tanner named Simon. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for the truth and for the power that is contained in these scriptures. And we pray that as we look into your word deeper, that you would help us open up our eyes and our minds, and may we be obedient to respond to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Feel free to be seated. So while Peter was traveling, he came to this small town called Lydda. And Lydda was about 12 miles from Joppa. And so Peter had specifically gone and he was traveling around. And the scripture tells us that he was there to visit the Lord's people. So in other words, he was traveling to visit his fellow Christians, other believers. And so he comes across this man named Aeneas. And because Peter was there visiting other believers, we can assume that Aeneas was also one of the Christians. He was also one of the believers. So upon Peter meeting Aeneas and seeing his need, the scripture tells us that Peter immediately tells him that Jesus Christ heals you. Now notice that it was obvious that Aeneas had a situation. He was crippled for eight years, he was paralyzed, he wasn't able to walk. And so it was obvious to anyone around him that he needed to be healed, that he needed help. And so it doesn't tell us that he specifically asked Peter to help him, but Peter sees the need, knows that he is able to meet it, and he heals him. Peter was looking at the needs around him. He was looking at that need. And we also see in verse 36 that it talks about a woman named Tabitha, or in Greek, Dorcas. And it tells us that she was always good and helping the poor. She was always doing good and helping the poor around her. She was looking at the needs around her and seeing how she could meet it. And this morning, I want to challenge us to get up and look at the needs around us, to get up and look at the needs that are around you. How are you and how am I able to help those who are around us? We know that in this world, in this city, in this place, there are so many different needs that surround us. Now, some we are able to help and others we're not. But we need to be open and vigilant, looking at the needs around us and how we can help when we can. And there are many ways that we can help. There are many different needs that surround us. There are people who need rides either to church or to doctor's appointment. Maybe that's a way that you can look at the need around you and meet it. There are many people who are lonely, who don't have other family members or don't have people. Maybe by you inviting someone to Christmas dinner or Thanksgiving dinner, that's a way of you looking at the needs around you and helping. There are many people who are hurting because of the loss of a loved one. Maybe by you looking at the needs and inviting them or giving them a call or taking them for coffee is helping them in that time of need. If you know that someone's going through a very difficult time with their health, maybe by you offering to babysit or pick up their children from school or take a meal over to their house, that's a way of you looking at the needs around you and helping to meet them. 
There are times where we are just not able to meet those needs, but there are many times where we can. And so I want to congratulate many of you who meet those needs around you, who go out of your way to go and to help others who are in need. And we can constantly be reminded to look at the needs around us. When we do our best, we know that we are not just doing it for ourselves or for those people, but we do it for the glory of God. Amen? We do it for him. He says, to the least of these, you do it to me. And so we are doing it for him. You know, as I think about this truth, I think that in most families, and hopefully this is how it works in yours, that most families would go out of their way to help each other, right? That's how a family should operate, that you would go out of your way above and beyond to help your family members who are in need, your mother, father, sister, brother, whoever, right? Well, guess what? We are the family of God. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. And so may we choose to go out of our way, to go above and beyond to help our family who are in need. Get up and look at the needs around you. So Peter, he sees this need and he tells him, get up and roll up your mat. Get up and roll up your mat. Now, initially, who knows the thoughts that were going through this man's head? Because if he was sitting there and he was paralyzed for eight years, I'm sure by now he's tried countless times to get up, right? It only makes sense to only realize, I can't get up, I'm paralyzed. But Peter tells him, get up and roll up your mat. You see, the difference here was that he had tried many times on his own to get up. There were many times where he probably tried, where he probably struggled to get up and to do it. But this time was different because Peter tells him, get up and roll up your mat. And it tells us immediately Aeneas got up. Immediately, Aeneas got up because God had the power to heal him. Get up and believe that God is able to heal you. Get up and believe that God is able to heal you. He had tried countless times on his own to get up, but the difference this time was that God was helping him, was that God was with him, was that God was now able to be the one that was going to raise him up from his legs that were crippled that couldn't hold him. So what does that mean for us today? What does that mean for us? You see, as many people testified this morning, we serve an almighty God. We serve a God who is so good, a God who is able, a God who is so powerful, and he is more than able. He's more than able to help us in different ways, and he is more than able to bring healing to us. And when I talk about healing, I don't just mean the physical. Of course, he is able to help us and heal us physically, but there are so many other ways that God is able to heal us. There are so many people who walk around with emotional hurt, so many people who have been emotionally abused, emotionally hurt, who carry broken hearts, who carry burdens upon burdens upon them that weigh them down. And this point number two reminds us to get up and believe that God is able to heal us. 
that he is able to bring healing to that broken heart, that he is able to bring healing to that emotional damage, that he is able to help us. He is able to help bring healing to your financial situation. He's, help, he's going to be able to help to bring healing to that relationship that has been broken, to that marriage that has been strained, to that relationship with your coworkers or your boss that isn't as good. He's able to bring healing to your addictions and your bad habits. You see, God is a healing God, and he is more than able. And so as we have tried on our own many times, I'm sure you have tried on your own many times to get out of that financial situation, to bring healing or to forgive that loved one or that family member or to get over that addiction or that bad habit. But the difference this time is that God is with you and he is helping you, that you're not doing it on your own. Aeneas had tried to get up many times, but this time God was helping him. Are you allowing God to heal you? Are you allowing God to help you? Because Peter says, Aeneas, get up and roll up your mat. And I actually love that. You know why? Because not only does he tell him to get up and he gets up immediately, but Peter tells him to roll up his mat. And what that symbolizes for me is that you don't need it anymore. You can roll up that mat and you can take it home because you're not going to need it anymore. Because God is able to heal you fully and completely that the thing that you were lying on, that crutch that you've been holding on to, that place of comfort, he's going to move you out of it. You don't need that anymore. And he says, get up and roll up your mat. You don't need it anymore. Believe that God is able to heal you. So after Peter heals Aeneas, word spread, obviously, about what had happened. And we see then a lady named Tabitha, who had been sick in that time, she eventually died. Verse 37 says, about that time she became sick and died. Her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Lydda was near Joppa, so when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydda, they sent two men to him and urged him, please come at once. Now here's some information for you. If burial was delayed, it was customary to lay a body in an upper room. It was washed and prepared and then put in an upper room. In Jerusalem, the custom was that the body had to be buried the day the person died. So immediately in Jerusalem, if a person died that same day, their body was buried. But outside of Jerusalem, which they were, then they would allow up to three days for burial. So it makes sense that they were able to wash Tabitha's body and put her in an upper room. And so they went and they called for Peter. Now exactly why they called for Peter, the reason is not certain, but we can speculate that they either wanted him there for him to be present for her burial, or because they had heard about the healing that happened in Lydda with Aeneas, they wanted to see if he was able to help her. Whatever the reason, they called for Peter and he came. 
It wasn't too far the journey. And so in verse 39, it says, Peter went with them. And when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. So they take him straight to the place where Tabitha's body was. It tells us that all the widows stood around him crying and showing the robes and the clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. People had missed her. People saw that she was such a good person. She dedicated her life to doing good, to helping people who were in need, to helping the poor, to to just being there, making clothing, whatever she was able. And so she genuinely was a good person. By her death, people missed her. They were crying for her. They were crying because she had done so much. And so they were grieving her loss. And so all of these widows and people were standing around. And so we see that Peter sends them out of the room. Peter, it says in verse 40, Peter sent them out of the room. Then he got down on his knees and prayed. Turning toward the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. And he took her by the hand, helped her to her feet, and then called for the believers, especially the widows, and presented them to her. Peter goes into this situation. He goes in, he sees that this woman had died. Now, Peter had been present with Jesus on three occasions that he raised people from the dead. So he had seen Jesus do it, but he himself had not yet done it. And so it tells us that he doesn't just get and say, get up. It tells us that he prayed. It tells us that he prayed, and then he spoke to her and told her to get up. And she was able to get up, and she was raised from the dead. You see, Tabitha was not sleeping. She was not resting. She hadn't been unconscious. She was dead. She was gone, but it was the power of God that was able to raise her to new life. And it doesn't matter our situations. It doesn't matter how far gone we are. It doesn't matter where we've been. It doesn't matter what we've done. God is able to raise us to new life. Get up and believe that God is able to give you new life. He is able to take something that was dead and turn it into something that is more alive than you ever thought. He is able to take what we thought could never work and turn it into something beautiful. God is able to give us new life. Her death can be symbolic of an old way of life. Her death can be symbolic of something that we used to be. You know, many of us, before we were Christians or before you were Christians, I'm sure, had a past, right? Maybe some that you're not proud of. Maybe you've done things that you don't want anyone to know, and that's between you and God. But it's important that we do not continue to allow our past to define our present and where we're going right now. You see, God sees all of those things, and he doesn't just ignore it, but he says, come to me. Come just as you are and he will make us new. Come to you, come to God, and he is able to change us, to transform us, to make us into something that we never thought possible. And when our family and our friends see it, there may be criticism, 
right? There may be people who make comments about how you used to be, about how you used to do this or used to do that or used to take a drink or take a cigarette or all of these different things that you may not do anymore. And so there will be people who make comments, but know that God is able to change and to transform us. He is able to help break bad habits. And so for your own self, know that he is able to give new life. And on that same note, when we look at other people, when we look at their lives, it's important for us to not shake our head and say there's no hope for him or there's no hope for her because Saul was a persecutor of Christians. He was a hater of Christians. He was out to get them. But when God had an encounter with him, it changed him. When he became Paul, devoted to Jesus Christ. God was able to take something old and change it into something new. He was able to give him a new life. And so pray for your family. Pray for your friends. Pray for those who you think there's no hope left for them because God is able. He is able to give new life. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17, it says, therefore, if anyone anyone is in Christ. He is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. If anyone is in Christ, he is able to make us new. Get up and believe that God is able to give you new life. And so Peter spoke to Tabitha and she got up she got up and she was healed and he presented her to the believers. He called them in basically saying, come and see the one who was dead is now alive. The one who was dead is now alive. She's breathing. She's up. Come and witness for yourselves. I'm not just telling you, but I want you to see what has happened. In verse 42, it says, this became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. When they saw for themselves what happened, it caused them to believe. When they saw God's power at work, it caused them to believe. But it wasn't just God's power around. It was through Peter that he was able to be glorified. It was through Peter, that God was able to be glorified, his power demonstrated, because Peter was obedient, and he was willing to be used by God, and God used him, and through that, God got the glory and the honor. Isn't that how it should be? That our lives and our, our talents and our gifts, it's not about us, but it's about bringing God the glory because he's the one who gave it to us. It's about giving him praise in everything that we do. And so can we say the same, that everything we do points to God so that he gets the glory? Everything we do, you see, it's now time to get up and believe in God's power. God is so powerful. He is so big. He is so often and so God, many times people will see God's power at work and they will, you know, question whether it was a coincidence or whether it was really God or, or whatnot. 
I don't believe in coincidences. I believe in God's power. I believe that God is at work, and when he's ready to do something, he's going to do it. And he is all-powerful. He is the same God who performed the miracles that we read about in the Bible. Know that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he is more than able to do it again. He is more than able to help you. He is more than able to demonstrate his power at work in your life in the way that you need it. He is more than able to. Many times when we read about God's power demonstrated in different ways in the Old Testament and the New Testament, it tells us, and then the people believed. The people saw and they were amazed and they began to follow. You see, when God's power is displayed, people can't help but see it and believe. But there are those who question And there will always be those who question. But God tells us to believe. He tells us, blessed are those who believe yet have not seen. And so whether we see it firsthand or not, we are to believe that he is the same. We take his word by faith and we know that it is the truth. It is infallible. There is no error in God's word. And so he is mighty. He is powerful. He is more than able to. Help us in whatever area we need. Have you experienced God's power? Have you experienced what he is able to do? He is the same God who parted the Red Sea. He is the same God who provided for the Israelites for 40 years. He is the same God who caused armies to win victories with minimal people. He is the same God who caused the sun to stand still. He is the same God who healed those who were sick. And he is the same God who is able to raise from the dead. God is powerful. And we cannot ignore that. We cannot describe how great God is, but he deserves all honor, all glory, and all praise. He is a good, good God. He is all-powerful, and there is nothing that he is not able to do. You see, when Peter went to heal these two different individuals, Aeneas and Tabitha, the scripture tells us that when he went to Aeneas, he says, Aeneas, get up. Jesus Christ heals you. When he goes to Tabitha, he doesn't just tell her to get up, but it says that he prayed. You see, the power that Peter had was not a power of his own. It was the power of Jesus Christ. It was God's power, and it's important for us to understand that, that there is no power aside from Jesus Christ, that it is not power in ourselves. There's no power in objects. There's no power in anything else but Jesus Christ alone and he is the true source of power there are two sources in this life there's good and there's evil if God is good then we know who is evil and so we need to be backed by God's good power and if God is for us guess what no one can be against us the Bible tells us and we need to claim it that no weapon formed against us shall prosper God is powerful and when he is on our side we know that we have the victory It was God's power that helped heal Aeneas. It was God's power who raised Tabitha from the dead. And it is God's power who is able to help you in whatever area you need today. 
in verse 32 and 30 and 41, it says that when Peter was traveling, he went to visit the Lord's people. And then in verse 41, it tells us that after Tabitha was healed, it says that he called for the believers, the Lord's people, believers, some of your versions may say saints, whatever that word is, it's important to understand that he was talking about the fellow Christians, those who believe in God. In those two verses, the Greek word hagios is being used, and it's sometimes translated as holy. But the root meaning of that word actually means different. It means to be different. And so as we are called believers, the Lord's people, saints, Christians, whatever, we are called to be different. We are called to be people who are not the same as the rest of the world. And in saying that, it's not that we're called to be better or that we're not better in any sense, but we're called to be holy, to be set apart, to do God's work, to do God's will in everything that we do. And so if we call ourselves Christian, that title comes with a heavy responsibility. That title comes with such a heavy responsibility. Many people will say that they're Christian, but only few actually carry that cross. Only few actually know what that truly means. As Christians, we are called to be different. When others see you, do they see a difference? Do they see that there is something different about you than everyone else and how the rest of the world behaves because that is who we're called to be. We are reminded to get up, to get up and look at the needs around us, to get up and believe that God is able to heal us, to get up and believe that God is able to give you new life and to get up and believe that God's believe in God's power, that he is all powerful. We can see the things around us, but we need to not just see, but to believe, to trust in him, to put our faith and our trust in the one true living God. Have you believed in him? Have you called upon his name? Have you experienced his power? Because if not, it is time to get up and to do it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are a wonderful, merciful Savior, that you are good all the time, no matter what we face in this life. And Lord, we know that each person here is surrounded by different circumstances, are surrounded by many different things, but Lord, we pray that you would remind us to be still and to know that you are God, that you would help quiet our hearts and remind us, Lord, that you are the same one who performed miracles and you are able to do it again. And so, Father, we pray that you would come and that you would meet us, that you would come and that you would remind us of who you are, that you would come and that you would help us to no longer be comfortable with our old life, but to come to you for a new life, oh God. And so, Father, may you come and help us in every area that we need. We give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise for who you are, oh God. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me? And as we sing this closing song, maybe today you need to get up from your seat and come and pray. Get up and come and ask the Lord's help, his guidance, his direction, his healing, 
Ask him to help you in whatever way you need. You feel free to come as we sing.
Has already God spoken to you this morning? I know that the Holy Spirit of God is here in, this, in our midst and He's speaking to our hearts. And I don't know what is the circumstance that you're facing in your life, but I know that God is calling you and me to get up this morning. Can you close your eyes for a second? Perhaps because of the circumstances you're facing, even coming here to the altar is pretty difficult for you. 